Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome on in, everybody. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour as we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing and a lot to dive into. We've got a big fight card coming up next week. UFC 216, a lot of action in boxing's heavyweight division, trash talk-wise, news-wise. We got news this week that Deontay Wilder's date with Luis Ortiz is in serious jeopardy as Ortiz has popped uh, with his VADA test, popped for a diuretic, and a. I will try and do the best to not butcher this, a hydrochlorithicide which is something that he uses to treat hypertension, a uh, medical condition that he has. Um, but that fight looks like it's in serious jeopardy because those can also be used as masking agents for PEDs. So Deontay Wilder looks for the moment like he's without a dance partner for November 4th, which was supposed to be a big showcase for him. Um, Luis Ortiz is certainly a guy not many people want to get into the ring with, so it was a big, it was a big uh, proving moment for Deontay. And Deontay got a little sassy yesterday on social media. Um, I don't know what, you know, it's been frustrating for him as he's had his last three opponents, um, have, 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 have had some issues with PEDs and, you know, Deontay feels like he's a little bit in the runner up position as far as heavyweight star power. And I think right now all the attention goes to Anthony Joshua, but Anthony Joshua has got the big win over Klitschko. That's. That's something that Deontay just doesn't have on his resume. Nothing sniffs it. Nothing comes close to it. Doesn't have that fight that Anthony Joshua does. Anthony Joshua not only has a win over a guy of Klitschko's caliber, but he has an all-time classic fight. He's he's fresh in people's minds, and 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 because of that, it's a bit of a launching for him. You know, Deontay, when all this heavyweight momentum was going on, he suffered the arm injury. He wasn't able to. Uh, he was. He was almost in the background a little bit while Tyson Fury, Klitschko, Anthony Joshua, all that drama was going on. And so I can understand his frustration. He's trying to get back on top, getting the, the, the thick of people's minds, but comes out with this and he tweets out, let the people speak. Hashtag the most feared man in boxing. He says, I have officially passed the Mike Tyson era of fear. I am the most feared man in boxing this has never been seen in history. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I think you're throwing yourself, and I appreciate the confidence, but throwing yourself in the ilk of a Mike Tyson, especially fear-wise, got to remember, Mike Tyson's fear was also a big part of his marketability. Deontay Wilder doesn't have any pay-per-view marketability right now. You know, I, I, he certainly 
I think has been done a disservice by his promoters with some of the guys they've put him in there with, uh, you know, Spielka, Dehubois, like these, 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 these opponents from the corners of Europe that you've never heard of. Instead of having him in there with these prime guys or or more known guys or guys that are bigger challenges to his skill set, and yeah, I know he's running into some hard times as far as opponents popping for PEDs. That's a bummer. That's that's not in his control, and he doesn't deserve any criticism for that. That's for sure. But it's still in show me mode. Like the idea that you've run into some bad luck doesn't mean you get to start throwing your name around with Mike Tyson or anybody of that era. Um, you know, it, I I just found it a a big leap for Deontay, and I know that it's a uh, it's a it's a big point of frustration for him right now that this was supposed to be his showing out. He was going to go in there against the the mystery guy from Cuba. We don't know how old he is. Nobody wants to fight him. Got a weird style. This was going to be his stepping stone to kind of get back into that picture and 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 really make it undeniable that he could get a fight with Anthony Joshua. But, you know, to put him in the realm of a Mike Tyson, put himself in the realm of a Mike Tyson, that is bold to say the least. So, eh, you know, We'll see what happens with Deontay Wilder. I know uh, I know that they still are hoping they can get this thing resolved. I would imagine when these drug tests pop, usually nothing good happens out of it as far as, you know, sweeping it under the rug. He said he'd fight King Kong, whether it was on PEDs or not on PEDs, so props to that. Um, but, man, the, the Mike Tyson comment, Super Bowl, Deontay. Chill on that. You have a pay-per-view card, for God's sakes, before you start saying things like that. The most marketable fighter in boxing history, Mike Tyson. Christ. He was an entity in himself. He had his own damn video game. We chill on that, Deontay. Now, another heavyweight news. Shannon the Cannon Briggs. We talked about this last week. He's, uh, he's marching towards his uh, his his suspension being up. I believe it's up in uh, the middle of November. He's offered to fight Deontay if Deontay can wait 10 days. But... His main target, and I'm happy to see this, has been set on bit of a, a bit of a mystery, a bit of a mystery, a bit of a uh, enigma right now in Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury's been gone since winning the heavyweight title. He up and left. He's had a lot of things go on in his life. You know, there were he also had his own uh, suspension brought down by the boxing commission. He talked about depression. He talked about never wanting that that that. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of emotional issues. But he's unretired once, twice, three times in all of this window. You know, he was really the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Went away, never to be seen again, really. And in this time, Klitschko fought Anthony Joshua. Klitschko probably had the fight that made him more popular than ever. It's funny how that happens in a loss sometimes. Anthony Joshua really took over the reins of the heavyweight division. And Anthony and, and Tyson Fury is really been nowhere to be seen other than when his brother fights you you get a chance to get a peek at him but you know Shannon has when he hooks his horns into somebody on social media he's relentless and finally finally gets a response from Tyson he says uh, are you scared or you just shook and Tyson Fury tweets back to him scared of a grandpa lol 
go fight someone your own age. I don't want to be get done for hitting a pensioner. He also said the difference between you and me is I make this look good. Hashtag return of the Mac. The thing that's interesting, though, is once you respond, if you're Tyson Fury, it shows that that Shannon couldn't be ignored. Couldn't be ignored. And so I wonder if Tyson Fury is getting a little bit interested in this happening. You know, it's one thing, you know, people can just say, hey, it's very easy. I imagine the trolls these fighters get all the time. And he sees this relentless buildup from Shannon Briggs, who's got a huge following in the UK. It's like his second home. Guys storm Buckingham Palace. They love him over there. Boxing's huge over there. I mean, the, the, the thirst for that sport across the pond, as opposed to over here, it's it's tenfold. They've got a lot of champions right now. You can just look. The proof is in the pudding. The, the, the passion for the sport's there. The results are there. Their fighters are doing great. It's it, it's just very clear right now. They, they've taken a big leap on American boxing. But Shannon Briggs is very popular over there. And so the idea of Tyson Fury, if he's going to make come back, and if, is he going to come straight back and fight Anthony Joshua after being off for two years? I, all right. I mean, in my mind, I wouldn't have a problem with it. In my mind, Tyson Fury is the is still a, a rightful heavyweight champion, stripped or not. I mean, he he does deserve that credit. Now, does he want to go in there right with Anthony Joshua? And that's where this comes in. If you want to come in, knock off some quote unquote ring rust, he fights Shannon Briggs, who he dubs Grandpa. Does this intrigue him a little bit? You know, the fan base over there will be crazy for it. This is, I imagine, what Tyson would look upon as a tune-up fight, but of course we know Shannon the Cannon Briggs is nobody's tune-up. He's going to look, he's coming for blood. He's coming for those ribs. He's coming for that first round knockout. But it is interesting that Tyson Fury to me, the fact that he did respond and the fact that all this engagement from Shannon Briggs did get his attention, I, uh, I find it interesting. I find it interesting that he couldn't stay away. Shannon's like the Pied Piper of the heavyweight division. You think you could just uh, brush off that 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 fife, that song, and it's just like all of a sudden it permeates and he can't help it. And so maybe we got ourselves something here. I hope we do. That'd be that'd be very very intriguing to me. The bleep talking those guys would go. The 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 fight promotion. Oh my goodness! You want to talk about you want to talk about something that boxing could always use a good lead up to a fight. Good guys engaging with each other. I, I would love that. Fantastic. That'd be great. So interesting that, sh- that, uh, that Shannon's uh, all that, all that relentless posting and tweeting and fans seem into it. I gotta be honest with you. I haven't seen a lot of negative press about this. You know, there was, there's, there's been a lot of people who said, you know what? I'm kind of into that. Shannon Briggs, Ice Fury is fun. Two great characters, two talented guys, really conflicting styles, you know, Tyson's kind of stick and move and dance around, and and Shannon is, you know, all at you, full bore, body attack, going to try and get you out of there quick. Um, It's an intriguing match to me style-wise. I'm really, really into it, so I'm glad that Tyson is not completely completely ignoring it. Wherever the hell he is, whatever gypsy caravan the hell he's hiding in, that's that's the second thing I want to know. Where the hell is Tyson Fury? It's freaking me out. This guy was the heavyweight champion of the world. Beat Vladimir Klitschko. 
took his titles, sang in front of him, embarrassed him, and then just went away. It's odd to me. It's weird. UFC 216 is coming up next week. Big, big card coming up. And the future of the lightweight division in UFC has an interesting twist in front of it. We'll, t- we'll dive into this, preview this card a little bit next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Tobin here with you. Fighters Fury rolls on on this Sunday morning. We are on an odd time today, I do realize. Uh, we got pushed up an hour to our non-football season time because the Dolphins are playing in London right now. But no worries. We're happy to take the extra rest on it. So we got UFC 216 coming up next week. And I'm stoked about this card. I really am. Um, I like the main event. I like Tony Ferguson against Kevin Lee. I like those guys' personalities. Um, I think it's good that the UFC is getting some shine. You know, there's been a little bit too much of the UFC dealing with this of, ah, you know, this this isn't going to do well box office-wise. This guy isn't going to do well box office-wise. This guy's in a draw. Listen, the UFC has one monster draw right now. It's Conor McGregor. And that is known. That is that that's it. Uh, I imagine that Bisbing and GSP is going to do very well. That's an awesome card they're stacking up for November Madison Square Garden. But up until then, you got listen. You got to have to. You're going to have to do some building up of young talent, young stars, and. This card this week, Kevin Lee against Tony Ferguson, is is all about that. This 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 is kind of looking at who's going to be that next wave, who can be that next guy. Because I do believe both these guys do have certainly the charisma. They've got great in cage talent to maybe take that next step. You know, you got to remember what what it took to make Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's rise was slow. It was it was it was very fast. It was fast, but 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 it took steps. You know. It was, hey, let's put him on the FS1 card. All right, then we'll give him a fight pass card in Dublin. Then we'll give him an FS1 headline card. Then we'll give him a Fox card. Then we'll give him on paper. Then we put him on pay-per-view. You know, there's steps to it. Um, You never know what's what's quite going to be that X factor. But I do think that both of these guys in the main event have a lot of those qualities. If it picks up with the fans, who knows? Is this going to be something that cracks 300,000 buys? Probably not. Either way, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great fight or a great fight card. It doesn't mean that these guys can't go out there and put on a hell of a show and, and do something great for the fans. So, um, this this fight card with it with its with its top three fights, I like it. I like a lot of what we got for it. Now, here's what's interesting. So, Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee are fighting each other. There's a couple of no, uh, there's a couple of related stories around this before we get into the fight itself. One of it is Tony Ferguson's rivalry with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Never came to be. Khabib didn't make weight. Tony didn't fight that night. Um, we don't know what's up with Khabib. They said it was something with his liver. All we know is he's been missing. He's 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 out there with Tyson Fury. We don't know where the hell Khabib Nurmagomedov is. But an interesting note came out this week. Sean Shelby, matchmaker for the UFC, came out and said that they offered Khabib Nurmagomedov to fight Tony Ferguson at UFC 217. And obviously that would have been huge, New York card, Russian audience. There would have been a big market for it there. And Khabib turned it down, according to Shelby. Turned it down, said he would be ready for December. And this is the one of the th- this is the one of the things with Khabib. It's a miss with me. You know, I know the guy's supremely talented. You know, 
doing what he did to Michael Johnson there last time in the cage and and, and beating the holy hell out of him. He beaten Rafael dos Anjos. The guy's clearly got talent. But and, and he's got a good personality too. He's got the ill, you know, I'll go in there and I'll destroy you. You know, some of that to him. But it, it's a miss for me when, you know, it's it, there's all these rules and regulations of when you're gonna fight. This guy's on the climb right now. This guy's not a star. This guy's not a this guy's not a, a, a one to be making all these requests. And it's just like with him, there's so many hoops you have to jump through to get him to fight. On top of the fact that now we got an issue with making weight, and not just a little issue. This guy's in the hospital. This guy's saying that his liver was shutting down. Saying this wasn't the first time this happened. So not only are you not available, but now you know you don't know if the guy can make it on the can beat the scale. So I don't know what they do with him. I don't know what you do with Khabib Namagamadov. It's a matchup that you certainly want against Tony Ferguson. I think everybody was looking forward to it. And I, I can tell you it's the most disappointed I've been this year not being able to see a fight. And we've had a lot of that this year with 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 fights getting taken away from us as fans. But if you're Tony Ferguson, how can you trust you're going to go into another matchup with this guy? And if you're the UFC, how can you trust it? Especially the idea that, all right, if the if Khabib wins this fight and you're going to have a matched up against Conor McGregor, this guy's going to be relied upon to do a lot of promotion. And how can you be sure he's going to show up? Because any 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 of the you know the haters or the critics or the the people who want to discount what Conor McGregor has done in his rise, the one thing you can't discount is the guy shows up for his fights, no matter the concern, no matter the opponent. They'll figure it out. They'll fight Nate Diaz at 170. He'll fight Nate Diaz at 170 again. He'll fight uh, you know Chad Mendes on Chad Mendes on short notice. You know this is a guy who will show up for his fights, and. He talked this week about the idea of fighting. He was doing some Q&A night with Conor McGregor and was asked about the idea of fighting December 30th. Everybody wants to know, is Conor going to fight one more time? And he told he told the crowd there, I'm only going to fight on December 30th if I only have to show up for the weigh-in and the fight. Ronda Rousey style, uh, last December, where she did no media, didn't have to do it. And, you know, there's a couple things I say with that with Connor. Um, I get why that's the case with him. You know, he has put in a lot of work, more work promotionally for the UFC than anybody has over the last few years. But I think it's also a dangerous game to play when you want to start cutting out the media, who is the conduit to the fans, because that's what made you popular. You know, as as great as Connor is to watch in the cage, what he does in the cage is no more unique than what anybody else who has great knockout ability. He's he's not he's not in that realm. It's not like you watch Conor McGregor and and you watch and you think like this is something I've never seen before. It's not like watching John Jones fight. Like when you watch John Bones Jones fight, you are gonna see something you probably have never seen before. And look, it it hasn't made John as big a star as Connor. So he knows where his bread is buttered. His bread is buttered on that microphone. And so the idea that you're going to get a Connor fight, but the appeal is, hey, Connor's just fighting. 
I don't know. I don't know how that's going to sell for him. And I, and I also don't know how smart a move that is for Connor. You know, he's going if he wants the business to be big. And I imagine if Connor fights, you know, Ronda didn't do any promotion. And I believe her fight against Amanda did over a million. But Connor McGregor's return to the UFC hasn't fought in over years a huge, huge deal. And the idea that you're going to rely on either the triumphant of uh, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, or or Khabib Namagamadoff. Let's just put him in the mix there, even though he's not. It's dicey to me. So I get it. I get wanting the break. I get being a little um, fatigued about everything that's gone on. But if you're Connor, like, I would even do, like, some satellite press or have people come to you. Make yourself available. I understand not wanting to travel and having to go to L.A. for the tour. I, you know fine do it all in ireland whatever um but hearing that this week that he only wanted to show up for the weigh-in and the fight um i get it but i i don't think it's a wise move i I think i think ronda got roasted for it and i think a lot of people because she didn't show up and do any media because we didn't hear any of how she was feeling from the first loss I think that there was a, a bit of a backlash from it. And there's part of me when I hear that from Connor, I think he's saying that now because he's probably over overtired from everything that went down with the Mayweather tour. Um, I don't know if he could stay away from it. Connor loves that stuff. I don't know if Ronda loved the media and having to do all the interviews and having to carry the promotion. I some there's part of me that thinks, you know, Connor thrives in that uh, a different way than Ronda did. But getting back to this fight, getting back to Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson, because that's the task at hand. This is for the interim lightweight title, and you really don't have a problem with it. Um, You know, this was typically a thing where if you were out for a year, interim title was on the line. We're not quite at a year. We're almost at a year. We're going to be 11 months in change. And Connor's saying that he has stipulations to even fight this year. So this is one of the interim titles you probably can have the least amount of beef with, you know, hell, the way they've been throwing interim titles around, I don't know how anybody's even getting upset about these things anymore, but the one thing with the interim title that they need to just stay true to it, if you're going to throw it around in our face like you do, if you're going to put it everywhere, if you're going to just use it as a make good, it has to be the golden ticket to get to the title fight. It can't be this idea of, all right, you get an interim title, but you're like in the interim title class, similar to 185 with Robert Whitaker. This whole 185 thing has been a mess because they have Bisbing GSP. They acted like it wasn't going to happen. Then they had an interim fight in the, in, in the meanwhile, Bisbing's not defending. He's claiming he's hurt. And you have another guy winning interim title, but he doesn't get the shot against Michael Bisping. And I got to be honest with you. I got a hard time believing either Michael Bisping or George St. Pierre is ever going to step into a cage with Robert Whitaker. So to me, that's a problem. I've never had a, I, I don't have an issue with these guys saying, hey, guess what? Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee. Whoever wins this fight tonight, you're fighting Conor McGregor next. I don't, but, but, I don't think locking them in with a 
belt is necessary. I don't think it's going to do much for you pay-per-view buy-wise. Maybe it does gate-wise. I'm not sure. But there is a reason they seemingly do this all the time. I mean, it must have some kind of benefit. I just wish they'd stay a little bit more true to it. And Tony Ferguson had an interesting quote this week. He said, the fans are going to be pissed if I do win this title and you don't have me fight Conor McGregor. It's going to show that everything the UFC used to believe in has gone out the window. And there's a lot of people that believe that the UFC is at that point. You know, it's had a really tough year. It's had, I think, um, I think for the fans, there's been a lot of things people have looked upon and said, it wouldn't, it would it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that back in the day. And whether it's matchups, whether it's title shots, whether it's who's getting the spotlight, there's a lot of fighters that feel it used to be just win your fights and you'll get, you'll reap the benefits. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a star, um, but you will eventually get to where you want to be if you win your fights. Look at Damian Maia. It took him, what, seven fights in a row to win before he finally got a fight against Tyron Woodley. And I'll tell you what, that fight didn't do a lot of good for one the old school way. You know, Damian Maia earned his title shot. He finally got what he wanted. He, he got what he deserved, but the fight sucked. So, Tony Ferguson makes a does make a good point that whatever the UFC used to believe in, it all goes out the window. The idea that if Connor were to win this, if Connor Connor said this week, he said, uh, "Let me get the quote for you." He says, "In my head, I'm very interested in seeing the fight this week and to see how the lightweight picture pans out." and to correct the whole situation. That's what my thoughts are. I have history with Nate. It's one-on-one. That has to happen. It will happen. The more time I spend away from it, I think I've already done all the money fights. Now it's time to re- legitimize the title and bring it back, and I can potentially bring it back. That's a little bit exciting to me. I see how the whole title picture plays out, and we'll go from there. And that's always cool from Connor. You know, at least he recognizes that there is, with all the circus, and I don't think you can, I don't think there's anything Connor can do right now Um that's ever going to top what he did just now going and leaving the sport and fighting Floyd Mayweather and nearly matching what they did business-wise against Manny Pacquiao a fight that had five years build up had everybody clamoring for it was a headline in the mainstream media for half a decade they nearly matched it in seven months I don't know how they match. I, I I don't know how if you're Conor McGregor you can match that. I don't I don't want to fight with Paulie Malignaggi that'll match it. I don't really want to see him against a Canelo Alvarez because Canelo's got his own deal. It's okay for Conor to go back to UFC and just be a UFC champion. That's okay if he wants to do that. If that's true to him, I don't know what the money concern is going to be. I don't know how that's all going to work out. That's not for us to decide. That's that's between them and the UFC. And I imagine with how much money the UFC needs to make to make good on this sale, I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get Conor McGregor in an octagon as many times as possible. That being said, I think right now what's good for Conor is just going back and being the light heavyweight champion of the world, being the guy who reigns over this, who has beaten all comers, who has gone in there and he he went and he beat Jose Aldo and he took on Nate Diaz, lost to him on short notice, came back, Beat him a sec- beat him in the rematch at a 170 weight class, then went and beat Eddie Alvarez, a guy who never gets starched, starched Eddie Alvarez for the 155 belt. 
I think it's okay going back and being the best at what you are. And Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee are going to go in this cage on Saturday night, next Saturday night, and determine who gets that opportunity. And whoever it is, I think both these guys have the personality to hang with Connor. I think they both have some good ammo against Connor. I think it can make for a great fight promotion. And I wouldn't be down on seeing either one. Now, to me, this fight, I feel like it's a little bit too much too soon for Kevin Lee. I do. And it's not to say that he's not talented and that he doesn't have a, a great skill set. He's very well-rounded. Um, you know, people may have a problem with the fact that his last one had some quote-unquote controversy around it because the the ref stoppage may have been quick. I don't think it was quick. I, th- I think Kevin Lee earns that earned that win. And I don't know if there's anywhere you else you go in this 155 division with Tony, other than if you could get him to fight Nate. And I don't know what's going on with Nate. You know, Nate is holding out. It seems like the only fight Nate's going to do is 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 going to be to fight Connor uh, for for uh, a crazy amount of money. So, to me, I'm fine with this matchup. I like the two young guys going in it, but I do feel like Tony Ferguson seems like he is entering that prime right now win streak very very versatile comes out with crazy wins these guys both get a lot of wins via submission tony's a little bit more unorthodox in the way he goes about it feels like if it were to get into that kind of a mode he's going to pull something out of his his hat that's going to be just incredible um he's vicious he is a very violent fighter um I got a hard time picturing that Tony Ferguson is not going to get his hand raised after this fight. Kevin Lee's 25 years old, super young, and to me it feels like the step up is is that to amount up. Now, I thought this when it was Joel versus Robert Whitaker too, and Robert Whitaker looked amazing. So you never know. You never know when that, when that moment's going to come, and they may be ready. We may not think that they're ready, but hell, they're the ones in the gym. They're the ones out there putting in, in the time and the work. And they may be a, a lot more seasoned than we think they are. You know, Kevin may be ready to go five rounds in a high-stress atmosphere in a championship fight when he's down, uh, when he's when he's up against it. Or he may be, be able to go in there and steamroll Tony Ferguson. I don't know. But if I'm to look at them both on paper, the the, the caliber of opponent that Tony's faced, the rounds that Tony's put in, the kind of weapons Tony brings into the octagon. I, I I'm rolling with Tony Ferguson to get this win. I think Tony Ferguson's going to win, and 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 I think it's uh, I, I'm not you know I don't have a good clue of it. I I feel like this could be one of those things, almost like against Tafiel, where he is just so seasoned and tuned up for this fight, even though he hasn't fought since last November. Guy trains his ass off. He trains like a monster. You know I, I feel like. I feel like he's either going to submit Kevin Lee or it's going to be a pretty wide-sided uh, decision. But very much looking forward to it. we got a couple other matchups I want to get to. UFC 216 and some other news and notes from Mixed Martial Arts and Boxing to get to as Fighters Fury is back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, we're back. 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you, Fighters Fury. So we got some uh, return on pay-per-view numbers 
Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor reportedly hit 4.4 million pay-per-view buys, just shy of 4.6 by Mayweather versus Pacquiao, which is amazing. It's amazing buy rate, 4.4. Holy crap. For a guy who's never boxed before, fighting the guy who's 49-0, that's wild, man. Um, so you got to imagine Floyd Mayweather actually came out this week. There were a couple quotes that I found interesting. He uh, Or a couple news and notes. One, he says that he took it easy on Conor McGregor because he didn't want to f- inflict brain damage. Um, which, you know, I, all right. I, I mean, say what you got to say. I mean, if you want to say that it was, uh, it could have been more lopsided, all right. But I still put on there that there was those fights. Um, there were those fights that he, he could have gone on in those. He could have gone on and made those things, uh, he didn't want to get hit. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't want to take those counter shots. And so the idea that you're just like, ah, I could have beat him worse. Like, you know, but you didn't. didn't. Um, those what ifs in the fight game are always funny to me. But it does happen. Tommy Guns has this theory that it was fixed the whole time. I will say, if you do think that's the case, there was one piece of stuff that came out on social media this week that could lend to that. He has a giant painting of Conor McGregor in his house now, in his $25 million mansion. So, yeah. Don't look at me like that, Antoine. I said what I said. He has a giant painting of Conor McGregor in his $25 million mansion, which Conor McGregor helped pay for. So, if you want to think that they were in it all together, it was quite the heist. I still had fun, though. I have no regrets about that night. Man, it was fun. At Vegas was fun. The atmosphere was fun with that night. It was great. It was fantastic fun. Um... And then Canelo Triple G comes back 1.3. This is reported by the LA Times. 1.3 million buys, according to the LA Times. Uh, Golden Boy has denied those numbers. They have said that that's not the case, that uh, that they're still tallying it all up. But I understand why they don't want that to be the reported number. They want it to be some uh, unbelievable, uh, exorbitant, maybe nearly three million dollar number that was that's what that's what oscar said when this fight was put together he's like oh this is gonna do near three million buys and i said i said at the time no shot no shot that happens three million buys that's an insane number there's there's no way in hell that a guy in gennady golovkin can get you to three million canelo he'll get you to nine hundred thousand a million by himself he could he could be in there fighting a panda bear and it's going to do that much money. But Gennady Golovkin, he's not, a, he's not a pay-per-view box office draw. He's not gotten people to fork over extra money to watch him fight as a headliner by himself. Hasn't happened. So, as the A-side. So, the idea that it was going to be $3 million is was crazy talk from Oscar. And he can sit here and he can blame the, the money fight or the freak show all he wants. And... Uh, it's not the case. It's just Gennady wasn't at that level. Now, could the second fight do maybe $2 million? I'll buy that. I, I really think that the idea that these guys, we talked a little bit about this last week, the idea that you don't want those two guys tied to the hip as soon as possible. Canelo's already said that's the next fight he wants to do. Uh, May of 2018, of course, Cinco de Mayo. That's that's where Those are his dates. Cinco de Mayo and, and, and Mexican Independence in, in September. That's when Canelo fights. And if you, if you tell me that the the rematch can do I definitely think the rematch can do better. I think there's actual heat between these guys. They have an actual um 
personal rift now, a professional rift of Gennady feeling like he got jobbed, of of Canelo having people think that the fight was fixed. I think that these guys can bring a lot of heat to the table that they did not have for this upcoming fight. When these guys fought, it, it felt like, yeah, we're fighting because that's kind of all that's out there. Like, we want a big payday. We know this will do good. I got to be the best. But it didn't really feel like either one of them really wanted what was on the line. Now it does. It does to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so they come back and they say it's $1.5 million or $1.6 million. Like, the idea is it didn't do this monster number. I mean, anything over a million, anything over a million and a half is a unbelievable home run. You do two million, you're talking that's that's grand slam action. That that's crazy. You know, these these numbers that Mayweather and McGregor and Mayweather Pacquiao put up, that's that's hocus pocus. That's that's fictional. Like you you can't that's fairy tale in. You can't imagine doing numbers like that. You know, the, they're very rare that you have those biggest superstars who can get the mainstream everybody to get that fight and you gotta remember you know it's like this when you wanted to go watch canelo versus triple g i'll tell you personally um it's a small focus group when i wanted to watch triple g canelo i i have like four bars that are like my fight bars and you know one one was old faithful. It used to be. They don't show fights anymore. Kind of sucks. It used to be. I used to go to Brass Monkey all the time in Lake Worth. They used to show everything. Now they don't. Kind of sucks. But so I call them. They don't have it. I call uh, the other place, and they said uh, they said it, it it's a chain. And so they said no. The one in blah 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 is showing. It. So not every place is showing it. And then the other place wanted to show it, and but they wanted to charge. Uh, they wanted to charge cover. So it took me like three or four calls to find. Canelo versus Triple G. Could you imagine having trouble finding McGregor Mayweather at a sports bar the night of that fight? No. No. It was going to be at every sports bar. Really anywhere with a TV was going to show it. Because if you didn't, you weren't getting business that night. That's the kind of interest that there was in that fight. Everybody had to see it. It wasn't like that for Canelo Triple G. It wasn't even close. But it was still an awesome fight. And I can't wait for the rematch. Um, Getting back to... UFC 216 next week. We also got Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg. They are redoing that as Demetrius Johnson is going to try and break that record. He wasn't able to the last time because Ray Borg got sick. Another card that got messed up. Um, They said this wasn't pure weigh-in issues. This was just an illness, and the doctors wouldn't let him fight. Uh, I hope this thing gets done, especially for Demetrius, because he made such a point of fighting Ray Borg and somebody from this division and not TJ Dillashaw and so I hope that he gets to have that moment and it doesn't get taken away from him and he doesn't have to he doesn't have to wait anymore and it can just kind of get done and put this past him because I know it is an important number to him Um, but it, it's definitely got to be a concern going into this weekend, knowing if Ray Borg is going to be a You know, he's missed weight now three times. It's um, it's fingers crossed. It's fingers crossed on Friday on whether or not he's going to make that fight. There was an interesting moment, too. I do think Demetrius, I stick with my pick that I had from the last fight, though. I think Demetrius is going to is roll and eat in and win easy in that fight. Um, Just too many tools. Ray Borg's super young. Demetrius, it seems like every time he gets in there, picks up something new. And... 
the fact that I feel Ray Borg is going to struggle so much making weight, I don't have a great feel for any way he's going to find victory in this one. Demetrius is so well-rounded. He's got so many tools. He's seen it all. He's been through adverse situations. Um, There's a little bit of a theme there for me of this week, these matchups. Who's the guy who's going to take on the guy who's seen it all? It feels like TJ, Demetrius Johnson, uh, Tony Ferguson, Fabricio Verum versus Derek Lewis is a little bit of that too. Fabricio's seen it all. He's done it all. Could Derek Lewis knock him off? That I'll entertain because Fabricio has been knocked out recently. Derek Lewis, the health's a concern because he's had back issues. Some of that looks like it's it's built into cardio issues too. Um, he's obviously had a lot of personal stuff in the lead up to this fight too. You know, Derek Lewis is from Houston. He's been awesome with the rebuilding of Houston and, and, and the relief of Houston, really trying to get people help, um, helping his neighbors. Uh, but that's his home. So you do wonder, dealing with all that, is that going to be a bit of a uh, distraction for him? But there is something that y- you feel like those heavyweights, has his Fabricio had a little bit too much tread on the tires, He's, uh, he's very short. I mean, he got into it with Tony Ferguson this past week and, um, you know, started, you know, these two got into it. They were, they were throwing uh, slurs in Spanish at each other. And, and now, uh, and now I guess Fabricio has to do some outreach with the LGBT community because, uh, you know, you don't do that in front of media cameras. So there's that. I mean, that's a distraction over Fabricio's head. Um, so if I have to pick, like if I'm going to pick one of these top three fights and I'm going to pick an upset, I would go, I think, Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis over Fabricio Verdum uh, is the one where people would be surprised. I don't even know if that's purely an upset, though. I guess I would have to look that up on uh, Odd Shark and see if uh, who is the betting favorite. I haven't looked at odds on this. I would just imagine that the odds are Tony's a favorite, Demetrius is obviously a favorite, and Derek's a favorite. Um, here we go. Derek Lewis is plus 95. Fabricio is minus 250. Ray Bohr, Demetrius Johnson is minus 1400. Um, and Kevin Lee is plus 130. Tony Ferguson is minus 182. Yeah, if I have to go with an upset pick out of those top three, I'm going to go with Derek Lewis. Heavyweight, margin for error. You know, Fabricio has been touched up. Derek can definitely do some damage. Um, I would say the biggest concern with Derek is conditioning. And if this fight is going to go past around, if he can't get it done quick, you know, then you might be in some troubled waters there. You might be in some some places where he can't put it on him. But, man, I would love Derek Lewis. If Derek Lewis could get a big win like that, um, I think heavyweight could use a big jolt. I think they could use a Derek Lewis um, to to spice up their division a little bit. It's kind of felt like it's been Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, um, Fabricio Verdum and Steve Emios feel like it's been that quadrant for a little bit now and I'm all for some some new blood so I think that'd be that'd be pretty awesome if Derek Lewis could get that win if I had to look at these two I think Tony's gonna win I think Demetrius is gonna win I don't think either one of those fights are gonna be particularly close um but Derek look at Derek Lewis I could definitely see winning 
I could definitely see pulling out a win in this fight. Paige Van Zandt and Jessica I were supposed to fight on this uh, this card, by the way. I didn't make note of that. They were supposed to fight, and PBZ had a back injury. So that has been pushed off for now. She heard it during jujitsu. She apparently doesn't need surgery, but uh, the doctor says that she can't train. So if she can't train, she can't fight. So we don't have that. Um, and one interesting side note from this with the Mighty Mouse thing, if he does get a win, uh, Cody Garbrandt's coach came out, uh, Justin Buckles, and he said that he that Cody wants to fight Mighty Mouse for the 125 belt after beating TJ Dillashaw. Now, this was obviously a storyline because TJ Dillashaw said that he wants to fight. He wanted to fight Mighty Mouse when, when Cody was hurt. And... I, I'd be into seeing either one of these guys fight. I, I really would like to see Mighty Mouse move up rather than see these guys move down just because I, I see it like this. I don't know how many times Cody Garbrandt or TJ Dillashaw, no matter what they want to say about making the weight cut, I think it's an issue. I don't want to see them in a situation where if they do get down this one time and they do beat Mighty Mouse, that that division is left holding the bag a little bit. And so, for me, I get the appeal of wanting to win two titles, but I tell you, I'd rather see, I'd rather see if to see the DJ matchup. I'd rather see DJ move up, and if they weren't gonna gonna go grab two titles, I'd rather see either one of those guys uh, see him take out Max Holloway and, and fight for the 145 belt. I'd rather see that than to see them go down 125. Let's beat Mighty Mouse. We're gonna have the size advantage. I don't know. To me, it doesn't it doesn't appeal. There's something about going down in weight to go get a title that doesn't appeal the, the quite the same way as going up in weight, if you know what I mean. Like, it'd be one thing, I guess, if it was Connor, because Connor's been the 145 champion. If he wanted, to, and 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 him and Max have fought before, if they were to square off again, I'd be into that. But there's something that's a bit of miss of of me seeing Cody or TJ wanting to shrink themselves down to 125 pounds to fight DJ for the matchup where I feel like DJ can get to 135 just fine. I feel like it'd be a good matchup at 135 and I feel like you'd get the fighters in better condition at at 135. So just something to keep uh keep an eye out and an ear out for as fight week approaches, but we'll uh we'll have a whole recap for it next week. UFC 1 uh, UFC 216 and we'll have a full breakdown for it of what went down in Las Vegas and see who has that golden ticket to fight Conor McGregor next. If that person does get the golden ticket to fight Conor McGregor next, it'll be an interesting thing to watch out for. ESPN Radio is coming up next. The Aquan Orange pregame, uh, postgame show. We'll have a full recap of Dolphins and Saints for you later on today. We got a heat preseason basketball game also coming up as Heater taking on the Hawks. So a lot of local coverage for you here on 790 The Ticket. If you missed any of the show, you can download the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.